From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, how are you today? I'm glad we're back and looking forward to another great episode. Oh, it's great to be back, and I look forward to this episode. I, I think we got a good topic here. Uh, what um, we're referring to um, is, is the idea of software-driven products. We've been I'm seeing a, a trend and, and James and I were talking about this and, and I kind of look at it as maybe like the Apple effect or even the Android effect where you can buy a product, buy a device and, and over time you get additional features and it becomes more capable. And, and a lot of times you don't even have to pay for those updates. And we're seeing a, a bit of a, a trend or an impact of that approach in the AV industry. So. I guess the question is, what does that mean to us? And, and I, you know, at first glance to me, it says, well, look, software is more important and, and the, the value of software is causing um, a, a greater impact. And we, we don't have to be taking out uh, products and, and putting new ones in all the time. We just have to upgrade our software, but it may not be that easy. So James, uh, I'll let you, uh, comment on that a bit, because I think, think it's kind of a complex issue that, that our industry is going to probably have to adjust to because we're not often ready and, and open to change in the AV industry. That is an understatement. People who know me know I'm a big component of believing that AV industry is uh, digging their heels in and being dragged like a, a toddler being dragged from a park. Um, <laughs> It, but to go to what you're saying, Steve, is I could I do see the mixed bag with the the software defined and because especially someone like me in higher education, um, if I can get the lifespan of out of physical equipment, it it's it's great. Because then I don't have to take a room down to put new equipment in. Um, with the software defined AV, I know I've written about this. I've heard other people talk about it. Is an update, uh, you refresh cycle is an update away. Um, so, like we all know in AV, AV gears are built, the equipment is built robust. I know back on the East Coast, I had equipment that was 20, 25 years old. It still worked and it was reliable. Didn't have all the bells and whistles. It didn't support some of the newer technology, but it did a job that it was built to do 20, 30 years ago. And it was still, you know, viable. Um, so that, that makes it easier for higher education administration to look and go, wait, I, I don't have to spend X number of dollars every five to seven years to replace hardware and take classes, uh, classrooms offline so you, the techs can go in there and replace the hardware. Um, we know that's all, when a classroom's offline, that's money out the door. Uh, Cause you know, students, Butts and seats are paying the bills. Um, if you look at it down as a business, we're, I mean, we're educating students. So it's more to that, but if you just boil it down to it as being in business, butts and seats are paying the bills. 
So having a classroom down, waiting for hardware is you're losing money. Um, so being able to update with software is a great way. But now this is a flip coin. Manufacturers make money off of hardware. So if I'm not buying hardware, how are manufacturers making their money? So is that cost now going to be associated into the software upgrades? And if that's the case, then that becomes a whole nother budgeting and consideration for higher ed or end users. So it does, there's a lot of variables, a lot of ang angles to look at this, but to just purely look at it, I think having a software-defined AB extends the life of hardware and allows us to push out new features to our clients and our end users. Yeah, I'm with you on that because I, I kind of question the same thing and I, I try to think about how how does Apple do it and how and, and similar companies um, where one thing is raising the cost of the hardware. So you pay more upfront and you get a, a longer lifespan out of it because you're getting really uh, a new device. Honestly, every time you get a major software upgrade. Um, so that's one thing. And the other is, is, you know, are, is, are we going to start to see the beginning of creating platforms where um, developers start to write uh, code and pay to be a part of a product that they can help to enhance or, or increase the capability or get in the game in some other way? Um, one, one, one thing that's dangerous and something that we all have to be thinking differently about is that in the past, we've kind of gone with this, uh, take, if it's working, don't touch it and, and to do software updates, um, that that's really goes very much against that philosophy. And it's going to have to be something that is going to be, be, be brought into the conversation and and perhaps more software control updates are going to have to be thought about or there's going to need to be uh, a process to ensure that if we need to get a new feature that's being released we are also taking into consideration what impact that has on all the things that touch it so that could be the system functionality that could be the the code the way um something's working. Um, so there's, there's, there's different things. Um, one, one thing, and we've talked about this on, on other episodes is that the last thing you want is for a user to is for a system to update and then a user to have a new experience the next morning that they didn't expect. Yes. Um, that is very concerning. And again, I always say that needs to be a responsibility of us programmers. And so there's a lot of notions to look at that and you have to take the user experience into consideration. So I'm not saying we can't push out new features and do cool things because as programmers, that's what we want to do. We want to do the cool things. We want new features, but we have to know what that impacts to our users. And if it really does change the user experience, we gotta let them know. I mean, I think 
prime example, we saw it with Twitter. When they changed their API, a lot of people got upset about it. I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the Twitter API, so I never really used it. So, but I saw a lot of people saying, hey, this is no longer working. This is not working. Well, a lot of that upset your end users because there was no communication. Yeah, you feel kind of like the rugs pulled out from under you. And quite honestly, the those companies that have invested in it, everything that they've done was rendered useless at that point, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. And now, I mean, that is something to be uh, conjured of. But also, I, I go back to our the true end users here, users of Twitter, is now you upset them. So instead of this change, I mean, Twitter might have had a valid reason. I, I don't know their reason. I won't even try to speculate what their re- true reason was. But when you don't send communication, you allow the imagination of your users to go wild why this change happened. So it could be, oh, well, they're money hungry or they're power hungry or they have incompetent programmers or numerous of other negativity to your business mm-hmm. when it could be a very, hey, this was a security issue or, hey, we need to add these features that break this API so we have to change it. Like simple communication, that could be a valid reason. Like I said, I don't know the reason. I won't even speculate the reason. But we we need to control the narrative so our users don't. And, and I think on top of that, too, there needs to be a little bit of policing as to when updates get applied. So having a product that automatically updates, while it sounds great, and, and almost every consumer, me included, probably you the same, you want the latest and greatest, sure, I'll take it. But sometimes you don't understand what that means and what 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 it's going to be like, what 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 are the effects that, that come along with it? Yeah, and I, I think... Again, that's how we kind of got to look at it is because I've talked to people about this is, yes, I like the latest and greatest updates on my iPhone. I'll even use iPhone, for example, here. But if that update breaks my phone, it affects me. You know, I'm at it, but I'm going to, you know, so I'm putting that controls in my hand. But now if we work for a business and like I work for a higher ed institution, I roll an update out to all my classrooms and I break the classrooms, that affects hundreds of people. You could say the same thing about Apple with their phone because they're affecting all iPhone users. But like I said, now we are hurting our true end users. And so there's a difference between updating my own personal device where I'm in control of or updating other people's devices where I'm not in control. And if I break something now, I'm upsetting them. Along those lines too, we, you know, we talked about this in the last episode is consistency, standards, all those things that you've grown accustomed to using. You don't want to all of a sudden change operation or move the way something works. And we all know those Apple OSs that were a little bit more shocking and how people responded to them because it worked one way and now they have to learn something new. And I think that's 
probably what has been a lot of the argument in our industry is it, it it's not intuitive, if you will. And I, I don't believe in, uh, in the idea of intuitive. I believe that you have to learn um, something and just be consistent. That's what, in, that's more of a definition of intuitive to me. We, we all uh, come up with um, our take on things based on our past experience, but, um, but, but the, uh, the whole idea is that as we can, if if we start to see more of the these software upgradable devices uh, play a bigger part in our industry, which I think is a good thing, there needs to be some responsibility in in how it's rolled out and and um, and also what 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 goes along with it. Uh, and 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 I think manufacturers have to be uh, careful. Um, certainly, technology managers have to be careful, and then programmers need to know that their code that worked yesterday is going to work tomorrow. Yep. And that's where I always go back and leverage a sandbox environment. Are you going to find every issue in a sandbox environment? No, you're not going to find every bug and every issue until you actually put it in the hands of your users and let them kick the tires. Because if something's going to break, your users are going to break it. But if you can rule out most of those major flags um, and major bugs in your sandbox environment is the way to go and make it low entry pain point to your users to these new updates. Kai, I, I think, you know, all told too, this brings us closer to IT from what I, I see, and I'm not an IT person natively, but what I see about IT is that IT products are always being software updated. They're always getting new features. They're always getting patches. It's 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 routine, yep. and and perhaps there's there there uh, there's this is where we start going into some type of a subscription model or a software as a service, as it pertains to the hardware that's in a system. And uh, that's a very valid point. And to actually kind of defend the AV industry of that whole notion of if it's not broke, don't break it uh, with the, the updates type things is you saw that in IT as well with our end users. If you notice Windows, was it was it 10 was the first one who did it? It might have been 11, but I want to say Windows 10 where they forced restarts. The reason was because users weren't doing it. They were applying, downloading, and installing updates, and they never, you know, finishing it. So Microsoft's like, no, you need to do this. So, okay, I'm going to let you delay once. Then, no, I'm doing it. You know, you're going to, it pisses a lot of people off, but now we accept it. It goes back to what you're saying is consistent and predictable. So yes, they giving me a warning. The first time that happened to me where, okay, warning, I ignore it. And then next time it's like, nope, we're rebooting. I was, I'll admit, as an I, even as an IT person, I was a little annoyed. I was in the middle of something. But now from now on, I know once I get that first warning, okay, I'm saving my work. I'm rebooting. I'm not frustrating anymore. So that consistent, like you're saying, is key. And from from what I could tell, I mean, they're they're doing it to keep you out of trouble, which is yep. what a lot of times we we tend to have to do 
in developing systems and and uh, and, and managing technology because that that's that's in my mind how we we create a user experience by keeping people from doing things that are not going to get the uh, desirable outcomes. Yep, I agree. So it's probably a good place for us to wrap this one up, but I think that this is an interesting topic and I'd like to hear more about what those uh, in our audience are, are thinking about it. I think that this is going to have a, a, a real uh, impact on the way we do some things. It's going to probably cut down on some um, installation needs and maybe cut down on some waste of needing to recycle products or, or replace products but it's going to increase costs and, and challenge us to think differently in some other areas. Uh, I don't know if you have other closing thoughts, James, and, and then if you want to let people know how to reach you and hear, hear more about what you're up to. Uh, I think you close it pretty well. Um, again, you can reach me on Twitter, AB underscore James King. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, a little more active there now. Uh, writer for the Higher Ed Digital Magazine, anything with PEPMA, and also a crew member of the AV Life. Wonderful. And for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media, my company, uh, Control Concepts at controlconcepts.net. We're right there, as well as on uh, various industry publications, uh, AV Network, Commercial Integrator, and so forth. Um, I, I often mention the State of Control, which is another podcast that's similar to this on avnation.tv. You can check that out if you haven't already, but we would like you to uh, subscribe and listen and, and watch us here um, on YouTube, on Apple and Google Podcasts, and also just let us know what you think and what you want to hear more about, and, and just let us know that you're listening, and it would really mean the world to us if you would share an episode. Uh, you'll get to hear an upcoming show uh, that's going to mark our two-year anniversary. So stay tuned for that. Uh, James and I are really excited about that. And, and we're also real excited to receive the feedback that we've been getting. So please keep it coming. And with that, this has been Ask the Programmer. <laughs>